0: Okay, so you're here for some great church leadership content. The podcast is great, but there's also another piece of content you need to be enjoying each week. It is the Leading Saints email newsletter. Now I get it email newsletters feel so 2006, you know? But it isn't as old fashioned as you might think. It's actually one of the most popular pieces of content that Leading Saints produces. Each week, I share a unique leadership thought that can only be found in the newsletter. I keep it short and sweet, Most can read it in less than five minutes. And then we share with you recent content you might have missed, throwback episodes, and Leading Saints events that happen more often than you might anticipate. If you want to make sure you are on the email list, simply visit LeadingSaints.org slash 14. That's LeadingSaints.org slash 14. That will also get you 14 days access to our full library of content not available to the general public. So look for Leading Saints in your inbox by going to LeadingSaints.org 14 or click the link in the show notes. My name is Kurt Francom, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now, I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog, and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast, and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy is doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. I want to welcome in Angela Okada to the Leading Saints podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm. correct me if I'm wrong in, in how I'm remembering this, but you reached out to me about uh, having more content out there about just the the experience of single adults in the church, not necessarily young single adults, you know, in that uh, 18 to yeah. 29 age, age range. Um, and we went back and forth. And the more I talked to you, the more I felt like... You know, it seems like Angela has some perspective here that uh, would be worth sharing, and so I said, "Well, why don't we sit down and just have a conversation and see what we can learn?" Um, and here we are. So, yeah. are you ready to jump into this? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> nice. Maybe just give us a little bit of your uh, your background. I mean, obviously, you're uh, since the topic of this conversation, you are a single adult, but maybe mm-hmm. uh, bring give us some general background of yours.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I grew up in Cody, Wyoming, and I'm currently living here in Saratoga, and I'm a speech pathologist. Oh, really? So, yeah, so work for an elementary school, and um, just, um, and currently I'm serving as a Relief Society president in my ward, and I was in a mid-singles ward prior to this, and Mm -hmm. um after the change from visiting teaching to ministering, and they talked about how 14 year old um, young women are able to now be ministers like that just put kind of like this prompting or thought in my head of like, that would be so neat to, to serve with that, to like have that be your companion. And also um, just like, kind of missing the primary kids and just having that variety in the ward. And so I thought, I guess I'll, maybe I'll see about like going to the family ward. And so that I went to the family ward and that first Sunday, I kind of, was confirmation that I was supposed to like change my record. So here we are. (laughs) That's great.
0: That's great. How long were you in this ward until you were called as Relief Society president? And what's the story behind uh, you being called?
1: Yeah, so it wasn't too long after I moved to the ward that I was called as the first counselor in the Relief Society. Um, and then it was about a year after that, I was called to be the Relief Society president. And so it's been about three and a half years, four years.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah. And um, so, what do you remember from just starting this this calling as Relief Society president? Just like picking counselors or, or mm-hmm. establishing a rhythm to it?
1: Yeah, Um I think like with any one you have like the initial feeling of being a little overwhelmed um especially because I knew some of the the commitments that it would involve like the time commitment and just our yeah. ward is a transient ward and a lot of um needs. And so that I was a little bit nervous about that especially because I work full time and so it's not you know, I only have a certain amount of time in the day. Um, so I was a little bit worried about that, but I I knew that it was gonna be a great opportunity for um hopefully to to impact the lives of the sisters in the ward and to strengthen my testimony and hopefully strengthen their testimony. Um as far as like counselors and secretary, there's been a lot, <laughs> um, just because our ward is transient, but that initial um when I was able to go to the temple, and then just think about it, and I I knew pretty pretty um, soon after I was called, and um and then each subsequent like new counselor or new secretary that I've had to call, um sometimes it's been a little bit of a process, but um God yeah. has always like yeah that's great giving me the name
0: uh-huh. and, uh huh, and is there a lot of uh, temporary housing like apartment buildings and things? Is that what makes it transient or
1: it is all uh we have an apartment complex and then oh, condos wow. and townhomes so there's no single family homes oh in nice ward.
0: oh that's great i, I love to hear uh, when wards are, are like that because that's where when i was bishop that was the mm. makeup of of my ward you know i lived in a condo and a bunch of apartment buildings and it sometimes breaks my heart when i see you know maybe sometimes they'll get really creative with drawing the lines and splitting up apartment oh. buildings and i think and like you know it's such an experience for those individuals uh, even though you know i was a young bishop and probably wasn't prepared but uh-huh. and i grew so so much from that so that's awesome
1: yeah and it's nice just that everyone is like really close by and just i feel like it um we really have to take care of each other cuz a lot of people are kind of in transition or they're newly married couples and they're away from family and so it's yeah. it's kind of a neat setup so. yeah
0: that's awesome all right well let's uh, jump into the principles a little bit here or, or ease into them did you feel like as a single adult i mean maybe you didn't even realize there's a change in the release study presidents coming but did you feel like you'd be on the list of options of, of people to replace the release study president um
1: I don't know. To be honest with you, I I don't know if I. I think I kind of had a a little bit of a feeling, but it's kind of one of those things that I I you're just busy with life and work and serving, and so um, yeah yeah sure yeah. But I when I was initially called, I was like, most of our ward is is married couples. Like what? Mm-hmm. Do I have to offer <laughs> to help them like I don't and so that was a a concern that I had,
0: so you say at least for you, naturally, there's sort of this this thought that goes through your mind of thinking you know i'm I'm sort of in a different category as they are, you know mm-hmm. that may sounds a little bit harsh, but in, no that's exactly it, feeling like yeah, that maybe you can't you're not ready or prepared to to be their leader,
1: yeah yeah or just like, can they come to me with their problems when it's something that they know I've never experienced or have very little mm-hmm. experience with so
0: yeah, interesting, all right, so this first principle you have is uh it says the principles of effective leadership are the same, whether you're single or married and mm-hmm. and just to focus on those, right and this mm-hmm. is sort of this well, yeah, of course, but uh what 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 led you to this this principle and maybe unpack it for us,
1: yeah, so um I guess just no matter who you are you've got to serve with love you've got to follow the promptings of the spirit you've got to delegate and delegate clearly um and the focus should be on people and that like it doesn't that doesn't change if you're married or single and that was a realization that I came to as I was serving like you know just that is what an effective leader does and you can do that as a single person in a family ward. You can use those principles. You can you can love them, and that doesn't mean necessarily you know what they're going through, but you can empathize and maybe um, know kind of the feeling because we've all felt similar feelings. We felt grief. We felt loneliness. We felt betrayal. Like we've all felt those feelings, and maybe the circumstance is different, but just focusing on empathizing because you know the the feeling maybe not the circumstance but the feeling
0: yeah and I'm just thinking of that maybe that single adult relief society president newly called that's listening to this and that like the big overarching principle that comes like is just take a deep breath and realize you're you're not that different you know and and you can do this and the same principles apply and uh, move forward with confidence
1: yeah yeah exactly God called you for a reason and He's gonna help you. So, so much. So, yeah. Awesome.
0: So the next principle you put here is uh, I would love to hear ideas about how building connections relate to sisters who are married. So what what are some of those that you came up with?
1: Um, So I think you just start with the things that you have in common. Um, We had a sister in our ward who was single, like, and then another sister that they both like to run and walk. So they got together and went running every morning. Um, And so I think you just focus on what you have in common and just remove that category of single or married. And first of all, see yourselves as sisters in the gospel of Jesus Christ, like view people that way. And as a single person, like I love hearing about like the kids or hearing how you met your husband, like it's okay to talk about those things. And Um, because that is your life and so don't be afraid to as a single person don't be afraid to ask those things and just as a married person like that's your life and and talk to them about it like know that a lot of single people love to hear about the kids and just I don't know just don't be afraid to be you and remove that stigma of single and married
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything particular you do as far as relating to the other women in in your relief society? Is it mainly like being aware of hobbies or activities they like to do or what comes to mind?
1: I think, yeah, yes. That, um, I think also just listening. I think, um, when people feel listened to that builds a connection. Um, and that, that connection is what can form a friendship. So I think just listening to people and you can yeah. do that whether you're married yeah. or single. So <laughs> imagine <yeah>.
0: that, right. <laughs> and excuse my left turn here, but you know, just when you talk about listening, it makes me wonder as far as uh, ministering and uh, you know, the ministering interviews or things like that, is there anything you found that, that has worked well for you or approach you you do to, so that you're in those situations where you can listen or or do visits in the home or.
1: Yeah, we do visits in the home every month. Um, But for, as far as ministering, um, we, I had an interesting experience. We were, so we have like magnet boards of all the sisters and we were kind of, (laughs) (laughs) we were the people that had moved were taken off and we were kind of filling in those spots and adding the new people. And, I was kind of um, maybe oh maybe this person would go with this person because they have kids about the same age and we we're going like that and my one of my counselors just said you know what Angela I actually feel like we need to mix it up like let's hmm. mix up the the older ladies with the younger ladies and like I feel like that could create some bridges in the ward and as soon as she said that. Um, the spirit felt the the spirit filled the apartment. So we didn't just put, cause we actually have quite a few like um, divorced women in the ward. Um, not yeah. many people that haven't been married like me, but some divorced women. Um, and we didn't just put them all together as companions. Like we tried to, to mix it up. And I think that is, um, I don't know. I just felt like the spirit guided that, that decision so that the, they could feed off of each other
0: love it anything else as far as just connecting with the sisters uh and and relating to them that that you haven't mentioned
1: be interested in their lives like just be completely interested in in their lives generally interested
0: awesome so so this uh, next principle is one that i mean no word escapes just the the trauma, the heartbreak mm. that happens in individual lives, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a miscarriage, uh, infertility struggles. I mean, yeah. the, the list goes on. And obviously this is the relief society, right? And mm. we would hope that people would find relief as they engage with the society, but it is a daunting task at times, especially when okay. it feels like it's on your shoulders as the relief study president. So, uh, Take us down that path as far as how you uh, approach that. Uh, Obviously, I don't anticipate you figured it out by any means, but what does that look like?
1: Um, It looks like not being afraid to ask the hard questions and to go into sister's Mm -hmm. houses and ask them, how are you really doing? Or tell me what happened. Um, There's definitely been couples... um, that maybe are going through a harder time. We had a young couple that lost their first baby when she was eight months pregnant. Um, mm. and that's not something like I've had any experience with, but I wasn't not going to go see her. I wasn't, I was going to go see her and we just hugged each other and just cried together. Um, yeah. And because, yeah. And so I think that's just, being willing to have those hard conversations and, and be there for them, I think is is part of it.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes the dynamic arises, whether not not that you're saying it, they're saying it, but you know, here's somebody weeping over a loss and, you know, they have two other kids and here you are, you know, you, you haven't even had an mm-hmm. opportunity to have one child or a marriage. Mm-hmm. And does and again, not that you lead out with that or but does that sometimes become a thing or is it pretty easy to move past that?
1: Um, It's easy to get over that because I hope that all they feel for me is love, and yeah. I feel like that. And that they just, I hope they just feel that I love them, and that's why I'm there. And I, I, you know, there's not any advice that sometimes you can give in hard situations, but I try to just come from a place of love and empathy and listening. And um, so that, to be honest, I don't feel like that has been so much of a uh, uh, a point of sisters have felt awkward, like, oh, well, Angela doesn't know what she's going, what I'm going through. And here she is trying to, that hasn't, I think because i have and as a presidency, we've worked really hard to make sure that the sisters know that we genuinely love them and care for them. Yeah. We say it often.
0: And even just that example of being willing to like go to their home, sit with them in that heartbreak uh, regardless of each other's backgrounds or what each each individual's experience because that hurt is real in that yeah. moment and you're willing to sit with them as they endure it. That's awesome. Um, tell me about, um, you have no here as far as about Mother's Day, which is uh, can be a tricky <laughs> dynamic on all levels, yeah. but even for single, maybe in a unique way for single sisters, uh, what comes, mm. to, any stories come to mind as far as uh, Mother's yeah. Day?
1: Yeah, well... I feel like um, Sister Eubank had made a post on Mother's Day. Like, I think it was just that first uh, Mother's Day that she was called in the General Leaf Society Presidency. And she is single and doesn't have kids. And it was just a beautiful post. And I remember, th- and this was a couple Mother's Day ago, um, I just remember feeling like there's a lot of sisters that can have some anxiety around Mother's Day, um, whether it's because... For, for a variety of reasons, I guess I should say. And I just felt really strongly that you know to to express love and to to express that. So I did a a, a post or and I sent it as a mass email to them. And the response um, just I felt like it I felt like God through those words, just maybe helped relieve a little bit of anxiousness on Mother's Day. And it was just a letter to the sisters that I mass emailed that said, Dear sisters, I am acutely cu- aware that there are a variety of emotions associated with Mother's Day. For some women, it's, a simple, it's simply a day to celebrate their mom and or being a mom. For others, this may be the first Mother's Day without their mom, and the waves of grief are hitting in full force. Still, others are struggling to build a healthy relationship with their mother and mourn the type of mother they wish they could have. Some women yearn to be mothers, but it feels like a dream that will never be reached. There are women who have lost children and ache to hold them again, or ache because they never got to hold them. There are women who wish their children were making different choices and whose heart breaks because of the pain their children are going through. I love the way Sister Shu being expressed your feelings in this blog. And then I put a link to the blog. Sisters, please hear me loud and clear. Whatever your circumstance, the Relief Society lesson on Sunday will be for you. And our bishop taught a great lesson about the Parable of the Ten Versions. And I just didn't want any sisters to feel like that they couldn't come to church on Mother's Day because it would be too hard for them. Like I just didn't want that, and hopefully that that helped a little bit.
0: So um, you d- you sent that out like the week before Mother's Day.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Just and that's a that's a you know good general leadership principle as well. There's sort of the, the anticipation, right? You mm-hmm. you're anticipating. You know, how are people going to show up and feel? Sometimes we wait for that moment to sort of then catch them or you know, diffuse yeah. the, the tension, but to anticipate it and take some steps prior to really help people feel welcome. So they'll come because yeah. many times, maybe if they didn't get that email, many wouldn't have come.
1: Um, there was another experience that I had. Cause I think one thing that it's hard to find a balance of making sure that single sisters feel included, but obviously the gospel of Jesus Christ is about families and the, the, ordinance in the temple, the ceiling ordinance is like, I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, and so, and we want to strengthen, um, husbands and wives like that is, you can't just not focus on that as well. And so I remember sitting in, so our stake relief society president and our former stake, um, she had all the relief society presidents come in and talk, like we had like a brunch and one of the relief study presidents asked like, what is your ward doing to strengthen husbands and wives? And the kind of conversation got going and the stake relief Society president who I will, I'm so grateful. She said, Angela, I think you have something to say about this um, because there, are, it just felt like that single sisters were, not being focused on or single adults were not like that. And I gave an answer, but if I had to go back.
0: Now's your chance, Angela. (laughs) We're going (laughs) back in time.
1: If I had to go back, I would say, focus on Jesus Christ. Cause whether you're married or single, that is, you need the atonement of Jesus Christ and focusing on Christ is going to strengthen husbands and wives. And their relationship, yeah. their covenant relationship, and it's going to strengthen single people who have to rely on the Savior as well. Um, and so if I had to go back, that's what I would say is focus on Christ and the Atonement.
0: Yeah. Love it. And I, and-
1: I was the only single sister at that brunch and all eyes live on me. And I was- <laughs> <laughs> So if I had to go back, that's what I would say now.
0: <laughs> yeah and similar to your first point right that leadership effective leadership is is the same the gospel is the same right yeah. i mean obviously we have certain ordinances and ideals that we reach for and encourage people to to walk towards but uh you know at the end of the day Jesus Christ will sit with any of us and strengthen us yeah. and make covenants with us and you know so we can uh, face mortality
1: yeah absolutely awesome. absolutely awesome. all
0: right next principle here is uh and just balancing making sure that those that are uh, single feel included and integrated in the world in the ward while we strengthen husband and wives that's similar to sort of that that story yeah. anything else to add to that that we haven't covered already
1: um one thing that um i brought up in ward council is um there was f- about 4 months that our ward was it was a husband and wife s- speaking in sacrament meeting. And that like is all who is speaking except week after for, week, right? Yeah, uh-huh. except for fast Sundays, and I, we had a couple high counselors speaking. Um, and you know, before I, you know, brought this up, I just made sure that I had it right. And so I asked the clerk, "I'm like, can you give me a list of who's spoken in sacrament meetings since you know since for the last four months?" And as I looked through the list, it was it was a married couple every single time, hmm. and so you know, I, I brought that up at ward council. I said, you know, that's fine to do, but when it is almost every sacrament meeting, you know, and we have this many single people in the ward, what message does that send to them? Um, and so, and I think, so we've tried to mix it up a little bit Hmm. (laughs) and just make sure that it's not like not necessarily husband and wife speaking all the time. Um, or always yeah. a husband and wife saying the opening and closing prayer, because I think um, unintentionally that can send a message of of who's important in the ward, who gets asked to do things.
0: Uh-huh. And you know, bless the hearts of our bishoprics out there; you know, know. they're they're doing their best. And, yes. and sometimes, but this is this can manifest itself in so many areas of leadership that mm-hmm. the practical sort of. Drowns out the personal, right? That mm. it's so it was so practical. I have to make one phone call, you yeah, know, to this yeah. this household, and then I get two speakers for yeah. one phone call, or and mm-hmm. you know, and there's so many couples moving in, especially maybe in in apartments or newlyweds mm-hmm. or what, and yeah. that you know, it's just easier that way. And then we get, and we don't realize we're doing it, but sometimes it, it takes someone like you who maybe hasn't different perspective to raise your hand and say, Hey, time out a minute. Like let's yeah. regroup and think about what we're doing here. Um, and I,
1: th- I think yeah. that says something about the, the culture that the bishopric created in the ward council that I felt like I could, could mention yeah, that's that. Cool. And to, to bring that up and to their everlasting credit, they said, you know what? Good point. You know, and have made a cognizant um, shift and have, have tried. And that, yeah. I think that, so I think it's, I think any ward council, people need to feel comfortable speaking up. And I think that's another principle of leadership, whether it's in a presidency, ward council, like you just need to make sure that people feel comfortable saying their perspective, because all of us have different perspectives.
0: Awesome. Um, and, you know, in that ward council dynamic, and it's cool to hear that, you know, it's encouraging to hear that that culture exists where you didn't feel, or, or you did feel comfortable raising your hand and, and saying something. Uh, speak to me about the dynamic of you working with the bishop, you working with the elders quorum. I'm not mm-hmm. to claim that your ward has figured it out, but this is mm-hmm. a question that a lot of wards have. Okay. Uh, what works for you? What doesn't? I mean, what what struggles have you gone through or what successes have you had there?
1: Um, I think something that has worked really well, um, is our, so we we got a new bishop a few months ago and our previous bishop did this. He said, Angela, I want to meet with you once a month um, just to touch base. And so our current bishop has done the same thing. Like I just set up an appointment and I, I meet with him and we discuss things. So I think that is something that has really helped. Um, the elders, quorum, another thing that I think is really helpful is that the elders, quorum president and I have a really open communication. To be honest, there's been some times where I've been a little frustrated and I can just call and say, I just need to vent just for a little bit. And he is so (laughs) great and, uh, you know, and just things like that. And so I think just open communication has been really, really helpful.
0: Awesome. Well, let's (laughs) take a moment here that obviously by example, you've shown that you're, you know, like when you reached out to me, I, I know that you had no intention of, of wanting to be on the podcast, but here we are and we, we did it. We recorded <laughs> we it. We did it. Um, and it's always the leaders that think, I don't really have much to share, you know, but you shared some things and I think it will bless the, the lives of, of many that listen. And so, so what request would you send out there to all the single mm-hmm. adult relief society presidents? What questions would you have for them or what would you like to hear from their experience?
1: I would say how do you balance work life and church service when work life takes so much time out of yeah. your day
0: love it yeah. okay well we'll put it out there we encourage individuals to uh step forward reach out to me and or you, uh, have a good friend a counselor maybe who wants to nominate uh <laughs> their their friend who's a release site president and uh Because this is how we find and share great content, leading saints is uh, getting those emails and then they lead to conversations like this. So that's awesome. Uh, Angela, last question I have for you. As you reflect on your time as a Relief Society president, as a leader, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ?
1: Because I think it has expanded my heart to love people that I don't necessarily wouldn't uh, be buddy buddy with, or go out of my way to build a friendship with, um, and it's expanded my heart. And that, I think, is the essence of being a disciple of Jesus Christ: is is loving those around us.
0: And that concludes this. How I lead see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org contact. And there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And remember to get on the email newsletter list, simply go to leadingsaints.org slash 14.